Yo, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Energy Fitness Podcast. I hope you enjoy the episode that's about to hit your ears. I hope you get something important from it. hope you learn something from myself and from my co-host and from our guest today. I just want to remind you guys real quick before you dive into this episode that the Energy Fitness Podcast is sponsored by the book sales of Rewilding the Modern Man and Awakening the Tranquil Warrior, which you can find anywhere that you buy books. The Energy Fitness Podcast is also sponsored by Energy Fitness Studio in Washington, Pennsylvania, where we offer yoga, bar, kettlebell, and other fitness classes, as well as nutrition coaching and personal training. We are also sponsored by the Old Road Farm, a regenerative local to us farm in Washington, Pennsylvania. And again, I'm your host, Trenton Sweet, and I'm a personal trainer, I'm a fitness trainer, gym owner, author podcaster and I welcome you back to the show and I really hope that you get something important from this episode just like I did so enjoy sweet there we go so today we've got Mrs. Megan Murray on the podcast and she's very special we met her through inner light which Kelly Brown has been the link for us to a lot of people, <laughs> especially in uh, spiritual development and like the healing zone. So Megan is a Reiki master. She is a tarot card reader, an energy healer, and also a Kundalini instructor, as well as a traveler. She's lived in, oh, what, three different countries or almost four different countries <laughs> yes. and has lived all over the United States. But she is originally local to the area and uh, right now she's back in the area so you can catch her at inner light on tuesdays doing tarot card readings in mount lebo and you can also catch her one sunday a month with caitlin yeah. doing the soul sister circle which yeah which which we came up with the name and it's like the divine feminine full moon circle like it's like it's kind of a mouthful but it really <laughs> brought in both our sides um and i'm really excited to work with meg on that too uh she is so colorful and creative so i'm like i love your energy and i just feel like listeners are gonna love hearing you talk as well and like we were talking before the podcast um I feel like I find out so much about you every time I speak with you. And so like, I'm like, whoa, you lived here, you lived there. You're so like you've traveled and I don't know. It's just, it's really cool to me and the Reiki master and um, with Kundalini yoga. And you just got done with a really intense Kundalini training um, mm -hmm. to progress your work. And you said you've been practicing for five years, pretty religiously. Mm -hmm. Yeah, about five years now. All right. Yeah, I feel like uh, we did make a little bit of justice, but I'll let her take the wheel for anything she wants to add or put in. Yeah, tell everyone about yourself. Well, thank you guys for having me. And I mean, you did a great job uh, introducing um, the many things that I've dipped into. And I mean, you guys are, are so similar with, I'm always surprised when I talk to you of the things that you have experienced in and done. So um, yeah, I know you guys live a similar lifestyle. Uh, yeah, so you you kind of um, covered most of the most relevant things in my life right now with being a Reiki master, uh, doing tarot and um, the psychic connection through tarot. And also I've spent a lot of my 20s traveling and that's been a huge part of my journey and a lot of my spiritual journey has been through traveling to different locations yeah I could totally see that and they even say like every time you travel I've, I've actually just recently over the last couple months heard a couple people say this but where you travel in your life will like ignite certain parts of you um and so like if you feel really called to an area to travel to kind of like not ignore it and go pursue it and it'll unlock maybe a, a, a maybe a trauma or maybe a special gift in you or maybe a past life Definitely. And I just found out recently, I mean, there are ley lines. So when you're born and where you're born determines these different points in the world where you feel that energy of it could trigger you, it can activate um, success for you just on where you're located. So a lot of the time we 
intuitively feel pulled to these places. But when you look at it in your chart, and I'm sure there's an astrologer that could explain this way better than me, but um, it can activate those things for you. But a lot of the times we just were intuitively drawn to those places and you you have a different experience in each, each place. And um, that definitely rings true for each location that I ended up in because each place was a whole different experience for me, a different lesson, a new, a new experience in a different way. Yeah. So it's very, what was the most, the most recent place you were was Denmark, right? But before that, was it Costa Rica? Yes. I was living in Costa Rica for eight months before, before that. But, and I think Kate was telling me that you were doing, like you got into Tantra a little bit. Is that right? Was that in? I did take a Tantra course when I was in, in Costa Rica and Costa Rica is so beautiful because not only because the land and the, I mean, there's a blue zone there and you just feel that richness of life, just being on the land that in itself is a wonderful thing, but then you meet these healers and different teachers. So I did like a three-day Tantra course that was really beautiful and helped me tap into these very vulnerable parts of me and triggered me uh, in many ways, but it was really, um, I mean, an experience that I, I don't think I would do here. So it, being in Costa Rica it really opened me up into my femininity and vulnerability that, and it also gave me a platform to step into a leader, like the leader role of, I was hosting full moon circles, new moon circles there. I was doing Reiki sessions and just going super deep. And I I really feel like it's because I connected with the land so deeply there that I had that reaction because I also lived in Mexico in Tulum and it was really hard for me. Like I wasn't getting clients Um, I got really sick there. I had really hard lessons. It just felt hard being in that space and being in that energy. And I had gone with a good friend of mine who had the complete opposite experience where she was getting a bunch of clients and she was finding love. (laughs) Like, what? (laughs) like what's going on like what's wrong that makes it even harder for you yeah sorry you're oh no 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 no. you're okay I was just gonna say like I could only imagine I would put so much judgment on myself like in that situation (laughs) what what is going on (laughs) totally and that's what I was doing I'm like looking around me and it's a beautiful place and so many beautiful people but for me and going back to those ley lines and just places where we don't feel great in it but at the same time, there's always a lesson in those places. So for me, there was a lot of, of learning with, um, you know, I got sick there. So learning how to take care of myself alone, traveling by myself, um, even though I was with a friend, we were kind of separated and I was by myself healing this illness. So that was a lesson. It was a hard lesson, but I still learned and it was part of my path to be there at that time. Yeah. Well, you said ley lines. What is that? What does ley lines mean? There are the lines, um, this is another thing an astrologer would be way better at explaining, but those lines where when you're born, they fall under certain places on the earth. So so for Tulum, for example, there was a line that goes through Tulum on my birth chart, and it's all about those hard lessons, and it can also bring up unresolved like childhood traumas. So um, it can show up in so many different ways, but that was a line that was going to make things harder for me, which I found out later. So <laughs> it was like, oh, this would have been nice to know before. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, like before I moved to Tulum, which Tulum I heard is beautiful. Like, so it's, that's really kind of funny. Yeah, it is. And I have other friends that live there and they're having a beautiful life there. And um, yeah, I have nothing against Tulum. I think it's a wonderful place, but for me, it was just yeah. very was just hard. And, and I, yeah, I'd gone back, uh, to see friends and it's still, there was always like a, a hard lesson there. Uh, something uh, like so I feel like that's even a little bit validating for people that, you know, you can kind of get lost in what other people were doing and what they're cheating and all these things, and maybe even where they live. And you'll be like, oh my God, I want to live in such and such place like they are. Look how beautiful their photos are. Look how beautiful and abundant their life is being. 
but that doesn't mean that that life is going to be the same life for you. Even if you move there, even if you make all the transitions that person does, it's not going to fit you like how it fits them. So follow your own path. hundred <laughs> percent. There are so many people that, I mean, come to Costa Rica and they have these expectations. They're like, I saw how amazing your pictures were, but then they get there and they realize it's two hours from the airport off-roading pretty much to get to the beach. And they don't like, it makes you car sick. And then it's hard to get to, you know, basic necessities like your favorite shampoo or it's just a more like rural living, which I think is beautiful. It's a way to- That sounds to awesome too. <laughs> that sounds beautiful. Yeah, but for a lot of people who like to be comfortable and they're like, you know, having access to Amazon and, and getting things so quickly, it could be very uncomfortable. So you have those trade-offs when traveling. And um, a lot of times people do have those if they listen to their intuitive pulls towards a location it's usually because there's a lesson for you or it's somewhere where you're going to live or it's something you need to experience. Um, but with mm -hmm. moving, I, I want to say most of the time, it's like going to be a more, a, a better place, but it really, it's like, what is the universe giving you right now? It's, you can't really predict that. Oh, what if you're born in like one of those shitty ley lines for yourself and you live the first 18 years of your life in one of them? Well, usually where you're born, at least from my experience, is one of the hardest places because that's bringing up yeah. all these things you have to break through the comfortable, you know, your yeah. patterns and it's a lot to overcome. And I've been avoiding coming back to Pittsburgh for a very long time. I would just, yeah. I was pretty much running away from Pittsburgh, escaping. <laughs> and yeah. this past year, I mean, I, I have traveled this past year, but it's been really healing. And um, I think it's the community. I mean, like you guys and in inner light and the community I've been finding here has been healing those. But I think when you're, if you leave your home in a way of, of running away, there's something that needs to be healed there. So I totally agree, Meg. You gave me chills when you were explaining that because mm -hmm. We've all, I've actually born and raised here, you know, in Pittsburgh um, and still live, you know, um, but I love traveling and I love, it's, it was like addicting. So we would travel constantly, even, you know, up until this past year um, when we had decided to open the studio and the studio is such a dream, but it kind of like landlocked me in because it takes so much effort and um as you can see we're very i'm very beachy so i i uh, really crave that and for the first time i couldn't just up and run i couldn't like out of you know the the last like my 20s like i'm at the end of my 20s now and the early 20s up till now like i just ran like i just yeah, you know, I text he and Trenton's a great person to travel with, you know, <laughs> much like your man. Um, but it's, it's just like anytime I was faced with some type of adversity or felt too much pressure or too much stress, um, which was nothing looking back comparatively <laughs> what I had to deal with the last year. Um, but I would just like, I would sense it and I'd be like our spot, like, that we would normally go to would be Charleston, South Carolina. We would literally go there like a couple times a month and just just to like kind of spend the night there, you know, or two nights. And um, but anyways, we would just travel to some beach town all the time. And then and then you get locked in. And um I've been dealing with a lot of ancestral things, a lot of um childhood things that I didn't know even we're there like I don't know if it's that you give it the time and space because you're not trying to distract yourself so much mm -hmm. that you can sit in this and like it's painful at first but once you start working through it you're like wow I was like manipulated in so many ways on how I was supposed to act yeah. mm -hmm. and then you're like I don't need to act like that I don't need to do that <laughs> we talked and was it episode two the first time we talked to Jen Lucas um who's like our favorite sound healer ever, she said the same thing. Like she left Pittsburgh for California when she was young, running away, essentially. She didn't know that until 
later in her life, she felt this draw to come home and she said she felt like she needed to heal the mother wound is how she worded it. And she'd been avoiding it for most of her life. And then she finally came back and and that was actually around the same age. Yeah. Like Jen's older now, but she's been in Pittsburgh for a little while. So that's actually really funny um, because uh, she would have been in her early 30s or late 20s, which is right where, you know, we're at. What so do they call that? Like Saturn return? Saturn return. Yeah. 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 And yeah, the Saturn return really shakes things up. I know. I didn't even know what that was. So I was like, <laughs> I was sitting and... Um, yoga teacher training and I was 27 and um I was pregnant with uh our like most recent and so when I was sitting there pregnant with her everybody was like I was like I feel all these shifts I feel all this stuff going on and they're like oh well how what are you like how old are you and I was like 27 about to be like 28 they're like oh you're coming up on your Saturn return and I was like my Saturn what (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I was the same way when I found out I was in my Saturn return because things were just moving. That's when I um, I was a flight attendant before going into all of these spiritual things, really diving in. And it was around that time where I was just like, I don't like this anymore. And I feel like there's deeper meaning to life. And I was just questioning things. I was questioning my life. And then, I mean, COVID happened and that was around, it's crazy when you don't, when you're unaware of the planets and what's going on, but you're noticing this in your life and it aligns perfectly when you find out like, oh, it's, things are shaking up and that's totally aligned with what happens when you're in your sad return. So wild. Yeah. So wild. I found out like I just turned 29. And so they were like, well, it really goes in at like 29, 30. And I'm like, oh, so what was all this shit I was dealing with beforehand that you guys claimed with Saturn return? I'm like, wait, it's going to be more intense. Just preparing you. Yeah. Just like stirring the pot. So many of this already happened. I know. I know. I had the same experience. And yeah, the peak is at, I think 29 is the the peak, there's a, a peak of your Saturn return. And you can find this all online too, if you just put in Saturn return peak, and then it starts to calm down after that peak, but it still goes, I think, until you're like 31 or 32. Oh, wow. So that is long. So I'm at yeah. the end. Yeah, you're at the, yeah, trans 32. So he's at, he's at the end of his, it's calming. <laughs> <laughs> it's a nice thing. Yeah, that's, I, that's really cool. You touched on the note of coming back home and like kind of, mm-hmm. and I, again, can relate to, I didn't live in other places, but through, like just traveled super often. And it was, it wasn't until, yeah, you get like a little bit locked in and you're like, or want to come back and you're like, okay, I've been running from a lot, like a lot. And I had beautiful experiences, but now coming back home or being, you know, can't leave Um, back home. You're like, all this stuff just floats up and you're like, well, this is perfect because I can now deal with it. And once I get this out, I can have the freedom again to even be a way better version of myself. Totally. And the key word is freedom, because when you want to run, when I wanted to run, there was something to be healed within that, that I wasn't ready to sit with. And then I go on this trip, I move somewhere, everything's great and fun. But that feeling of running, there was something there. There's a root to that feeling. And like you're, you're saying, I mean, you, you got to sit with that. You got to sit with the traumas and uh, you were saying that that's things have been coming up for you lately. And that's how I've been feeling as well, being back in Pittsburgh where, okay, you know, I, I have this job here. I'm, I can't run. So I just, the only other option is to sit in that uncomfortable feeling and just see what's there. And then once you sit with that, you let it surface, you see what it is and you heal that in whatever way you need to heal it. And then you have that freedom and liberation from, from that it gets transformed and yeah, for me, that had been a really long journey because I'd always left anytime I was starting to feel triggered or having that anxiety come up. Um, and then now I just feel it's healing from connecting with 
like-minded people. Because one of the stories I told myself was, you know, there aren't spiritual people in Pittsburgh. There aren't people like me in Pittsburgh. Mm -hmm. That's in Costa Rica. That's in Mexico. That's in Hawaii, where I feel free and liberated. And then I'd come back to Pittsburgh and I'd isolate myself and I wouldn't go to yoga classes. I wouldn't, I'd meet with my high school friends who are doing the same things that when I, I left. So I wasn't really, I was kind of putting myself in that situation. I wasn't trying to fix it. Yeah. And now it's just a whole different story with connecting with, I mean, there are so many spiritual people in Pittsburgh and there are so many expansive, I mean, amazing healings and teachings going on in Pittsburgh. It's beautiful. And it's just, there's a part of me that's sad that I, I didn't get to see this before, but I'm grateful that now I get to heal this and have this experience. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's beautiful too. I want to like, speaking of healing and experiences, what got you into Kundalini and what kept you in Kundalini? Can you explain Kundalini for any of our listeners that are like, what is that word? Is that, what is that? (laughs) Yes, a lot of people think it's like the Kundalini awakening and they get scared of like, I mean, you see videos of like Kundalini energy healing and people are on the tables and their bodies moving. It's not, it's not that <laughs> it is a, uh, ancient practice that Yogi Bhajan brought over from India in, I want to say 1969. He, he came over from the East and brought it to his, the West, the teachings. And these teachings use prana. They use movement. They use meditation and mantra. And that combination, there's a lot of science science behind this practice that's very, very ancient in the East that he brought over and there's specific times for it, but it transforms the energy within us. So for me, I began doing, well, I was introduced to Kundalini, Kundalini yoga by a friend of mine in 2017, 2018, when I was dealing with anxiety And I had been on and off of antidepressants for about six years. So maybe like 20 to 26, I was dealing with this, this really bad anxiety of panic attacks and trying different antidepressants. And if anyone listening that's been on antidepressants, um, you know that it's not always the first one that works. So you go through the horrible side effects of it not working Hmm. and I, there was a lot of numbness. I mean, I was drinking and I was a flight attendant. I was living such a different life than I was now. And when I found Kundalini yoga, I was doing a prana. I was doing this breath work and I just felt my anxiety naturally calming and going away. And I would do a Kriya, I would do a yoga set and I would just feel it going away. And that ease and that calm and the neutrality of just being. And it was the first time in a long time that I felt that way. Um, So I was easing off of my antidepressants and I felt very confident that in, in the yoga, Kundalini yoga practice that I was doing. And when I eased off the antidepressants, Kundalini yoga became that medicine that I needed. And it was really empowering for me. And yeah, it just felt like it gave me my power back. Yeah. yeah. No, go ahead. I was just, I was going to say that same thing. It just empowered you to be able to heal yourself from anxiety and depression. Like the things that hold so many people back. You oh, didn't... they're so common. I, I, yeah. Yeah. It's a very, I mean, just taking control of your breath, because if you're having panic attacks, you're not able to control your breathing. And it's, and this is why I like to pair it with Reiki healing or any kind of energy healing, because um, if you're, if your depression, if your anxiety is so bad, sometimes you can't even go into the practice, you know, sometimes you can't even get out of bed. So to do breath work, you're not even in the right state of mind. If it's, it's a really bad depression. You're not even in the right place to be able to do that. So maybe a massage or something to help calm the nervous system first to even be in a space to do the meditations, to do the movement is what I would recommend. But 
I really, um, yeah, Kundalini yoga has really transformed my life in the simplicity of just doing breath work and, and the movements. Did Kundalini lead you to Reiki in your practice? Did you start with Kundalini and then learn about Reiki or was it kind of at the same time? Or? Yeah, I learned about uh, Kundalini yoga first and I was doing a lot of um, I signed up for like an online course that I was doing that I dove into. I was going to some in-person classes and then I just began to have my own practice. So that was just my daily thing that I did. And I did that as I was a, a flight attendant as well. So it was kind of like overlapped my old life and my new life <laughs> mm -hmm. because it was, it, it kind of eased me into to getting in. You know, we all have that bridge to our spirituality. Yeah. Sometimes it hits us really quickly, but there are some <laughs> things that start to enter your life and you're like, oh, well, this is cool. I want to learn more. And then you just, I mean, when you go down this path, you're just constantly learning. And when you think you've learned something and mastered it, it's like, nope, you didn't at all. Now there's this new thing and you have to let go of that thing you just mastered. <laughs> I know. I feel like that all the time. So those nesting eggs, like, just constant. Yeah, like nesting <laughs> eggs. Because you think like, but in like retrospect, it's so um, entertaining because there's never really a dull moment. You think like I thought when I um, first heard about like emotional release and like shamanic journeys and like soul journeys and things like that, I was like, oh, cool. I'll do it one time and I'll be saved. Right. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> I was like, all right, I'll do it one time. And then I'm connected to Jesus. And I am saved. <laughs> I'm enlightened. <laughs> I'm enlightened and I'm going to be holy <laughs> and I'm resurrected. And then I quickly found out that was not the truth. <laughs> and then I quickly found out, like, after you do those things too, like, sometimes that drama, like, you got to still walk yourself through it. It's not like that person can just, like, grab it and throw it away and you never have to even think about it again you now are going to have to walk the path of these things you went through and confront them to release them yeah. and no one can do that for you like even if like someone goes in and like that you know obviously with reiki and things like that you could bring it to the forefront and really clear their energy field but even like psychologically, a person might walk through it through a dream that night and like recall this memory. It might not be so intense, but yeah. it also triggers for now your body is starting to let up and you're starting to vibrate higher that you now are being walked through traumas on your own. Mm -hmm. So you're being like, I, like sometimes I feel like, holy crap, like what did I go through? Like <laughs> what did I hold to myself? Like yeah. what's this? crazy yeah. you know you know maureen from inner light maureen groff yes yes i we, do we talked to her last night she's such a beautiful soul too just like you are and mm -hmm. she was like she talked about that specific thing when she was going through her like enlightenment like one of the masters she was working with like she had to walk through like sexual assault and had to rewalk through like these trauma yeah huge traumas in her life but and her master made her and was like, you know, I could probably help. I could pull these out of you or whatever, but like, you're not going to blossom into the beautiful healer that, you know, God has destined you to be. If I just like pull this from you, you're just going to feel really crappy for a few days and you're not going to know why really. Yeah. He's like, so I'm just going to kind of like when you get a sound bath, sometimes yeah. if you're working through some shit and you have a sound bath, you could just feel crappy and you're yeah. like, man, I just kind of feel low, but you don't necessarily recall anything until it works out of your system and then you're like and then you're back up and so people think that the healing maybe didn't work because yeah. they're like oh I felt like shit for three it's days afterwards today. it's kind of like yeah. when you work out like they go yeah. work out and they're like I feel shittier today than I did before I worked out <laughs> you're like yeah that's growth takes abrasion if you're not abrasive with growth then when you're healing you're trying to grow from whatever hurt you and healing and growth have to go together and so mm -hmm. if you're trying to grow then you have to cause pain and if it's pain from your past then you have to go back to that pain and bring it back up so you can heal and it's this like intertwining circle that yeah. if you if you don't play if you don't play it by the rules then 
it's just not going to work for you. <laughs> yeah. And it's never ending, but it gets later. It's like peeling back the layers, peeling back the layers, and you're just becoming more, you're closer to your soul, closer to this pureness within us that we know we are, these souls we are, but there's so much humanness to us. There's so much that we store in our spiritual body, in our physical body, our emotional bodies. So it's just each breakthrough, it's peeling back a layer, each trauma, it's peeling back a layer. And even the same trauma or the same breakthrough can come up. Maybe it'll be a little less intense, but sometimes it's never fully healed, but we just are working through it and we're bringing our awareness to it. Like yeah, that. that's a good, um, I've actually heard that like a few times this month, but someone else referred to it as fragments. Like maybe like you're kind of like chipping away at something, like you might have fragments left over or maybe like um, in healing, whether you did, you, you know, your own healing or you did a different modality and maybe they got a good part of this for you to confront, but maybe the next time you go in for healing, you'll heal the fragments that are left behind. And I never really thought about it like that. And, and now I kind of picture it like broken glass. Um <laughs> because you remove like the big pieces that you can clearly see and you're like okay yeah we need to get this off the floor and then like but there's these little ones that are still hanging out if you don't actually like vacuum and get it out <laughs> totally yeah I mean yeah it's never just like a one like you said with thinking you were going to be healed by that one experience it's like we go deep and what I've come to more recently realize too is not getting only stuck on the healing but you know this is a dualistic world we live in so if we're going to do the heavy stuff bring some lightness into it bring some play mm -hmm. make sure you're also having that love because sometimes I go into like the shadows of like oh I want to heal this and oh there's still more but then that closes me off to the other parts that I can fill in in that space of okay well I let go of that now I'm going to bring in something that I love and have yeah. balance like so for, and from your perspective uh, in kundalini and as a reiki master just as an energy healer in general i've always wondered this because like you know there's your scale of frequencies and like your guilt and your shame and your fear and like when you're doing shadow work <clears throat> and you're working on those traumas are you in that frequency like so if you spend a lot of time really working with with your demons for lack of a better term like will you does that keep you in a low frequency or like, how does that work? Cause I know like just in order to have the life you want, you want to be higher, right? Do you mean if I'm working on a client in those lower frequencies? Or I, I guess I mean myself? like more for like individuals who are going uh, through their own thing, like for their, like if I'm working through a bunch of my shadow work, like my personal frequency is mm -hmm. I guess what I'm, what I'm yeah. referring to. Okay. So like, if you go back to that memory to work through that shadow work, does yeah. it pull you back down in order to work through it? Cause obviously oh, you want to be higher. I, know, like I don't feel that because I feel like you're bringing awareness to it. That takes a very conscious, high vibrational being to, to want to bring awareness to the shadows, you know? So even though it's a, a dark and lower vibration of what you're working with and the energy your vibration is still higher your energy is still higher because you're consciously going into that that's what I believe um is how it would feel on an energy yeah, because yeah, like you're pulling love yeah. and mm -hmm. gratitude into that area and compassion so oh you're... yeah compa yeah and compassion is like the highest you yeah they're like super yeah, yeah love, love so like but if you pull it in if, if you get stuck though in the shadow, cause people can, you always want like a guide or someone to help you because if you can't guide yourself out, people can get stuck in that loop and yeah, it can become dense and low vibrational. But if you can kind of stay in that consciousness and awareness, that's from that higher level, but you don't want to get sucked into that. That makes it, I've yeah. been there. <laughs> like when I first started. Yeah. I can relate. Yeah. When I first started, I was like, okay, cool. I'm just going to, and this is, uh, I don't know. I don't know if I'd call it my awakening, but I guess kind of. But um, when I first started really getting hat and heavy into it, it was probably like three years ago now. And I remember like having um, a past life report done. 
yeah. And I was stuck in this past life for like a month. And like, (laughs) I was like living in this trauma that Mm. I didn't know how to cope with or deal with. And and this was like several lives ago too. So this was like recent. <laughs> and like, but like that's that goes back to like this um, you know, preparedness. And obviously I needed to go through that to understand like how to navigate those certain things and to not all, you know, wear the shoes you're learning about. Um, even if it was you, it's not you now. So mm. yeah, to not identify so much with something in and then like just how energy works, once you start really identifying it, you be good or bad, you embody it and it becomes you. Um, so yeah, I, I totally relate. Cause like, if you have something head on and you're like, um, something like that is like from this life, you're, you just get so consumed with it. Yes. And that's where this path as well. And we have these, this responsibility as healers, as teachers to know how to guide others and when it's benefiting them and when it's not because a lot of people can get stuck on their past lives or stuck on the past in general the past traumas and although the intention as a teacher or a healer was to help them through it if your client is focused so much on that trauma and so much on that past life or the past in this lifetime, it's not benefiting them because that's a distraction. That's a distraction from your connection to God. That's a distraction from your presence. And that's something that has also really been present in my life right now is even with Reiki and and tarot, it's like, I took a step back from them to just be like, am I still, is this benefiting my soul? Is it in alignment with me? And taking that step back, I just went into prayer with God and focusing on my, my channel with God. It was kind of like a cleanse in a sense, because we have so many different resources now with going to shadow work and healing. It's nice to check in and be like, okay, is this, am I stuck in a loop? Am I holding on to something from the past? Am I growing from it? Should I, should I maybe put that thing from the past in a way for right now? Maybe I'll come back to it because it's like, you don't want to get stuck in it. And I think that's a very common thing for people to do. And I know for myself, I, I, I do that. And the identities that we have, I mean, losing our, we're beings who like to attach to things, to attach to identities, attaching to, I'm a Reiki master, I'm a tarot reader. But if those things are away, is it that I'm nobody? No, I'm still, I'm still here. So it's like, it's nice to kind of play and dance with that every now and then. At yeah, I like me. that. Yeah. I really do. Cause that like even brings to the forefront, like even in my mind, like um, things that did really serve you and really lit you up and you really love them. Doesn't mean that they're always going to serve you. They might even just serve you for like two weeks. And if you feel like it's not serving you after two weeks, you don't have to be like in this, um, obviously consistency is key, but mm-hmm. like when something is not serving you, you have to know when to let go. Yeah. That's kind of a freeing thought too, mm-hmm. because I feel like, like you said, we, we are beings that uh, we love to worship and we also love to identify, give ourselves an identity, but we get really attached to that identity. Like people get so attached to their identity that the way that they eat or the way that they think they should eat becomes who they are. And like people get, and then it's like politics, they get attached to an identity. And then obviously a lot of things like that, that should be more fluid, they become part of who someone is and then they can't break, even if it's hurting them really bad. They can't let go. go. And like, that makes that, I feel like that's important. I feel like like that's really important. Yeah. Now that you said that, like for listeners, like, to check in with yourself and just be like, hey, like, are these same things, you know, even your clothing style, right? Like, is this clothing style still like, as a woman, we really love clothes, most of us, right? Like, um, and to be like, 
no, it's okay to get rid of these old clothes. I'm going to acquire new clothes. Like, or do it, do I identify even with this jewelry or, you know, this hairstyle? That's a huge one, right? Like we keep the same hair color or hairstyle and, you know, like um, just checking in and like even the way you eat or whatever, your favorite hobbies, your career. And I think that is important because sometimes we do, we get, we get so attached to like, no, I'm Katie. That's how my hair is. That's how my clothes are. That's who I am. And, but in order to even evolve spiritually or frequency wise, that's going to need to change. Yeah. And even just playing with this idea of just sitting with a thought, like, would I be okay if I just chopped all my hair off right now? It's like, I can meditate on that. I can sit with it and be like, oh, you know, I'd probably cry <laughs> if I had cut all my hair off. Uh-huh. But can I get past that to a place of loving myself through it and seeing myself as beautiful? And we can do that with anything because you play with that. Okay, am I really attached with this? Maybe I can ease up on it because that's so. there's so much freedom and in that. And I learned that through living nomadically with travel of like, these items that I, these materialistic items, that was one of my first parts of learning about non-attachment because I really liked these items that I had brought into my home, but there was so much healing and love that I felt from giving something that I loved to a friend or selling it and then seeing someone light up that they had this item. Mm. So we have attachments in so many different ways and it, and these different identities of, you know, I was, the girl that had these plants all over her house and now I'm selling all my plants or I'm giving away my plants. Who am I? So we have these little like crises <laughs> and you find freedom out of it because it's like, oh, you know, now I can be whoever I want. I can be a new version of myself or I can be nothing. And you just keep finding freedom and detaching from, yeah. from that. I think it's cool what you did. Like I left my hometown and never went back. And a part of me probably was running, you know, not like through this conversation, I thought maybe I I was running from my hometown. I love it in Pittsburgh and I love the community and, but I was able to recreate myself. I was able to be whoever the fuck I wanted to be. I, I got to start with a clean slate, kind of like, like you were just saying, like letting things go. Like when I came to Pittsburgh, there was no social media. Well, I didn't have any anyways, didn't even have a smartphone. Like that I didn't, I was not attached to any personality or any, you know, anything at Nobody all. Really knew yeah, you. no one knew me. Like I, I was like, I got to reinvent who I was. And I think that's really freeing. And, and like me kind of experiencing that makes me think like what you're saying right there is really important and really special to just know that whatever you've told the world or yourself that you are, that doesn't have to be who you are forever. Like you're you're allowed you to be fluid in the yeah, the there is, yeah. And I think a lot of people can relate to that, especially if you have had an awakening of some sort, like the person before your awakening to the person you are now, even if it's a year later, I'm sure is completely like you lived a separate, like Chen and I can both and you can validate that it was an entirely different life. And um like for me it was it was very fashion you know like online boutique I did traveling wedding hair you know it was very into hair and makeup I was a hairstylist for like eight years and it was just like and I got really into clothing and fashion shows and runway hair but like now I'm I'm teaching bar and Pilates and like you know what I mean? it's a, it's a it's a different game and so it's um and yeah and doing spiritual work it's it's funny. And sometimes like I had a hard time letting go and shedding that version of me because I was so highly identified with that. Like the idea of Trenton can validate like probably like a couple, I had years coming to this. (laughs) Like I felt it, you know, like, and you just didn't want to leave that career. You didn't want to leave that path because who are you then? How would you do what you want to do in life without it? And then like, I would always be like, I don't know what I'd want to do next, but I know this isn't working. (laughs) um, Then you finally like, I guess, find something that pushes you. And then you're like, oh, I can see light in this. Okay. I like that. Yeah. And it's beautiful. And it's like, you're, you're letting go of this old version of yourself. And sometimes it is, you're jumping 
off a cliff, you're taking that leap of faith and you don't know what's next. And you're like, my world is falling apart. But if we could only see the future and be like, oh, this is more, there's so much more depth to my life versus then. I mean, I feel like that's, we have similar stories in that we were living a whole different lifestyle, but we were seeking something deeper within ourselves that our souls knew before we knew. And we just, you have to sometimes take that leap without knowing. Like it, it yeah, could all be. No hands, mom. And then, and then you're <laughs> learning in that. Like we're currently learning, like when you break free from that system and identification and like uh, become an entrepreneur, you're like, uh, now you realize how important your thoughts are. Now you realize how important your frequency, how important your actions, your karma, like, I mean, your whole being internally is because it's going to literally control and dictate your whole external because now you don't have a big business to help you run like it doesn't like you show up to your job and somebody else owns it. It doesn't really matter how you feel. They're going to pay you either way. So, like, so you could feel super shitty all the time, but like, it, it doesn't matter because you're going to still make the same money. Right. Um, but, and then when you're an entrepreneur, like if you feel shitty internally, that's just going to straight up display your whole external and like in, it'll show in your business, it'll show in your home life. Like, um, and I, I think that's the biggest lesson I've learned so far is how big the internal is when you are actually in control of your life. Mm -hmm. That's so true. So true. And I, I can see it in my own practice when I'm doing my meditations every day and when I'm clearing my energy and when I'm seeing someone, I can see the difference externally versus when, you know, I'm in that lower feeling of, you know, not feeling motivated to meditate. It's like, you have to, and it's a, it's a huge responsibility, um, which is worth it, but yeah, it really does determine the external. A hundred percent. Yeah. I think it's like, yeah, that's the biggest. And then I realized, oh my God, that's why everybody says the path to success is cleaning your internal because, and going through the stuff, like, it just all starts to click. Because now you can relate it back to your life in some way, some form. And somebody says it's some special way that all of a sudden it's like, yeah. whoa, I feel that. And then it changes you. And yeah. Um, but yeah, I think that I think that's really I'm glad that came up in topic. Yeah, the shedding of a past self, which um, is what led you to where you're at now for me to meet you. Yes, <laughs> yes, exactly. It's to find my people in Pittsburgh and, and create beautiful, magical, like lives. And yeah. it's kind of like letting your inner child play. And I know Katie, you kind of worded it that way with the women's circle we're going to have is like this inner child giddiness and feminine of wanting to, I mean, as a kid, I used to love to dress up and think I was like a fairy. And that's, what we want to bring about in our circles together is just this femininity and this playfulness to it. And what's fun about our jobs too, is just, we get to be creative and play with it and bring that inner child out and have fun with life. And I even feel that in what you were saying with, um, you know, when, when something we do or something we teach or when we heal someone and it clicks for them and you're like, this is why I do it because I was either them before and I needed someone like myself, or it's just like, you get to witness how your words, how your energy is affecting someone. So yeah, it's really a contradiction from my past life, but it's such a more fulfilling, this journey is so much more fulfilling now. Yeah, I totally agree. And it's, it's so eye-opening to how like the real world works. Like when you're not so reliant on a society or a term or, you know, showing up for somebody else and do and contributing to their dream, which is great. But like, you know what I mean? Um, 
it, it gives like this responsibility, but it's also so beautiful. And I was telling Trent, it's, it's also funny. I feel like I've learned the tools that escalated you in one situation of your life cannot and will not be the same tools for the next situation in your life. Like if you use the same um, playground to reach the same height in your next situation, it's not going to work. So like you remind me of that when you said the playfulness. So like, so we talk, um, obviously it takes a lot of work to grow your own business, but in a really good light. Um, but I took it as like, more of instead of just the consistency culture and loving what I do and you know it's it's a it's a marathon not a sprint I was looking at it as grind 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 sprint 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 like you know like get it in get it in get it in and like achieve 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 and it wasn't like um even like and then I was just getting so burnt out and I was getting like so demotivated and because I was taking tools from an old game Mm. and like trying to bring them to my new game and I was like wait it's not it like worked for a second but like now I'm seeing long-term effects like these aren't the I need to be more playful with this I need to and those tools I couldn't really apply to my old game so now I'm like creating a new toolbox with tools to learn to apply but thank god I learned you know like and other people maybe can feel this when I transition like that they couldn't bring the same tools with them and apply it to a different game. It's just, it's just not going to work. Totally. Yeah. And what was comfortable then is it, even if you went back to it, it's just, yeah, it's like the energy is just not going to work like that anymore. And especially with the grind, 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 I mean, the feminine being a, a feminine, we're supposed to be in our playfulness. We're supposed to be in our creativity. And I think a lot of um, women nowadays feel like they have to grind and they have to hustle. And that contradicts what we're in, supposed to embody. It's like, no, we're supposed to create and we're supposed to be in our, our daydreams and bring that to life and bring that creative. And yes, we, ha- we all have the masculine and feminine balance within us. But in that dance, it's like, we need to give ourselves grace in that feminine. And it feels so much better in our bodies, if, if we're able to rest when we need to rest and create when we feel inspired, it's like the moon, the moon goes through all its different phases and the feminine really mirrors the moon. And some days the feminine feels more energy and that's a time to be that, you know, doer. But then if, if we're in a time of rest or, um, you know, we're in honor cycle, then it's a time for rest and slowness. So it's beautiful that you're, you're in that feminine and I get, I mean, you are such a good representation of someone in their feminine, um, just with, with how I feel your energy is and, and so many things are birthed from that. Thank you, May. <laughs> I want to give you a hug. <laughs> I like how you touched on the, the fe- like, I love, I, people think that like, cause I, on Instagram, I kind of like push like a lot of masculine stuff so people think that I'm not like for the rise of feminist uh the feminine energy but I fucking love it I think it's it's the most empowering thing to me for anyone to up level themselves and if you're a feminine then you should be you should be embracing that and you should be yeah and you should know it and feel it and love it and embrace it and like all the stuff that you guys are talking about with the soul sister circles I fucking love I love the circles and and same thing with the men. I love the men's circles. Like I love the idea of the feminine energies rising themselves up, getting back to true femininity, like the playfulness, the creation. Like I get the chills with that. I do too. Like hearing your voice because we need the masculine to see us in that way. And to the feminine craves masculine the masculine to just hold that the feminine doesn't want the masculine to be like I need you to do this I need you and they they want to be seen for doing the masculine wants to be seen for what they can provide they're the providers and I think it's hard for a lot of us in this day I mean for me for a long time I'm like I don't need a man like (laughs) going down this this path I'm a traveler I'm independent (laughs) like and I just was like I can do this all on my own 
but then that was pushing away the masculine. It doesn't feel good for me to do all the time. And in my relationship now, there's such a beautiful like support where I feel so held by him. And he, I mean, he'll even say like, you know, if this is too much, then like, I'll just do it. And it's like those simple things yeah. of like, before I'd be like, no, I can do it on my own. Now I'm like, actually, yeah, I like that you're offering. Do it for me. Like take like, <laughs> take that task on because I want to be like more relaxed. And it's just, yeah. it feels good to to receive that instead of feeling like I have, I'm fighting the masculine um, because then that also lets the masculine be in their truth, which is yeah. to provide and support and hold yeah. the benefits. The dance can happen yeah. if we're if we're too much in one way it's like there wants to be a dance and I've been on both ends of it and it feels a lot better to just be in that harmony 100% I feel like the more you describe things the more I realize why we connect so much (laughs) because I like and we talk all you know like deeply often but like um I just feel like when you're describing that I so relate like I mean, I had spent like all my 20s pretty much in this, like, I provide for myself, I do for myself, like, no, I got it. Like someone would ask me, like, I had to prove my masculinity to people and I'm not a dude, like, but I felt like I had to, like, I felt like I had to prove, like, people would be like, let me help you bring groceries in. I'm like, no, no. I got it. I got all of it. Let me get the door for you. No, I got the door too. Like, you know, like it's the culture though. Like it's the, it's happening to men, but on the opposite side, like men are told that they need to do all these things that are really feminine and be like extra sensitive. Everything out of balance. Yeah. And the women are told they need to be more masculine and take care of themselves more. And like Kate was saying, like all these things, but I, like you said, I'm sorry. I believe that the masculine is really, supposed to be the rock the the support system to support the feminine creating and it's worked the best for us in our relationship in our marriage like in our marriage in our raising you know a mother and a father and a business like if i'm able to support caitlin with everything that i have and let her create it's far more beautiful (laughs) than if i'm like trying to get her to hustle and grind and to like do all these yeah, it doesn't work. <laughs> like I, if I push myself to hustle and grind, that's one thing. But if somebody else, I have an exterior pushing me, oh, it makes me like an angry little devil. <laughs> and like, you know what I mean? Like, I yeah, like, you, know. <laughs> I, like, you know, like head spit it. Like, I just can't stand it because I feel like someone's trying to put me in a box mm. and that makes me feel confined. And I really don't like that energy. So yeah. like... I, and you know, like you could probably relate. So like, and if you put yourself there, because that's what society tells that's you you're different, supposed to because do. Because I put me there. Somebody but else. It still feels bad though. It and, does. But then you live in that bad feeling, wondering why you feel shitty living in that way. And you're like, oh, this is such a good combo. We we could talk all day about the masculine and feminine because it's it's so interesting. And I I totally agree. And I feel like when I put myself in that strong masculine role, and I was for so long fixated on that, obviously in a feminine role, you still want to create, you still want to achieve, you still want to go and push things and help people. It's not that you're just sitting there, like that's not, um, it's different. And I feel like when you're in your, you're starting to come into that feminine energy, and be in it, you realize how much quicker things you want come into creation. And when you, you are so afraid to let go of this masculine role, because you've seen it work, but it took a long time for you to get it to work, because it's not your natural strong suit. So you had to really push and grind to get things to work. And now you step in your feminine, and it's like creating itself almost. And you're like, this is way easier. (laughs) Yes, it does. It things flow so much easier. And it is harder when you're single, I think, to fully drop into that. It's such a nice dance when you have a masculine, but then it's like you need that mirror. You need a masculine that can hold you because the feminine needs to be held. So if you don't feel safe to to fall into that, to melt into the masculine and do that dance of 
and be creative and and be in that like more I don't know the word I'm looking for but if you're with a masculine that suppresses that or makes you do then you just don't feel safe to to embody the the full feminine it's like you need to feel safe to do that and you guys are such a beautiful beautiful example of that that match thank you Meg. you and yours too which yeah. is which is funny because like we we met meg for the first time at a cacao ceremony yeah hosted by her other half i know and i don't was, want to name drop I don't, <laughs> and it's it, hard it was such a beautiful ceremony and um well lucas he was like initiating me in how to be with the cacao and caitlin was supposed to be there as well but you and i, I were just so drawn to you I had never met you like I had never you know like you were coming in and we were aware and I was like oh I don't know her and um and 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 I I like I can't yeah. stop talking to you it was like you know that kindred spirit like yeah. um and I just felt instantly so connected with you and you were so easy to talk to and then like the ceremony starts and I'm still trying to talk to you you know and it's just like I you know it just I and now like getting to really know you and your story a little bit and like the dance you know with the masculine and the feminine and like who I see you now and knowing that you also had these similar roles when you were younger you really took I wouldn't even let Trenton pay for things for me like not even like on a first date or anything like that you know what I mean like I was really um and and it it does feel so good to just be like no do your thing. I'll do my thing. <laughs> like, I don't have to carry the weight for, you know, two energies. I mean, I do, but not like to that extent. Yes. Um, so yeah, it's, it's beautiful, but yeah, it's, I, yeah, I've always felt really connected to you and it feels so great to talk to you. And I'm so excited to work with you with the circles. It's going to be so magical and so fun. I get the chills every time I think about it. So it's going to be so good. I know I feel the same way and it's just it's beautiful when you have those like that connection that I have with you it's the same you know it's just we both feel the same way about each other and yeah yeah it's really good I, I feel like I know I feel like we had to be close on the podcast time yeah yeah. So like, yeah, we could go on for days. I love talking about it. You guys have a sister circle. Obviously, this episode won't be released for like four, four or five weeks, but you we, guys have a sister circle this weekend. Yeah, this, this weekend will be our first one together. And then we're going to do um every, the end of a Sunday, the last Sunday of every month, right? So we'll do, and it'll be different. Like we, me and Meg talked about like all the different, Um, I don't want to necessarily call them crafts, but like crafts like to do in the circles um you know everything from like candles like we're gonna do the full moon candles which is gonna be so fun this one to flower crowns and we we got a whole thing and we want to play with and really encourage women to connect to each other and um be playful with each other and and as we do this and heal this we'll heal it for our daughters and you know people in our family as well our future daughters or it's just, it's going to be a beautiful karmic, like, uh, bring back. Yeah. And this is what our ancestors way back used to do. And the women used to have these circles where they connect. And I mean, they'd even menstruate together and they'd come under the, they go under the full moon and they dance together. And I mean, not to that extent for our circles, but it's just bringing back <laughs> that, <laughs> that, what we've been talking about in this conversation of the feminine and just bringing that support and that playfulness and community because um yeah I think that's very needed for for every woman to have to be able to go deep within themselves and to be seen and witnessed in that yeah things that were suppressed you know when we were told when we were little girls that you shouldn't be doing when you're bigger, won't have time to do, or, you know, all these things. And um, it's really just somebody else's false narrative that was pushed on us. So I really am excited to, you know, rechannel that and, you know, channel that, um, that fairy 
girly, now grown woman energy. <laughs> yes. Yes, it's going to be magical. It is going to be so magical. Thank you for sharing this today, Meg. Yes, thank you guys so much for having me. Yes, we, oh, thank you. we love you. We'll see you Sunday. Well, before we close out, though, where yes, can people find you? Love you both you? so much. Oh, I'm sorry. We like skipped out for a second. <laughs> Um, I, you can find me on my Instagram, which is Meg M. Murray, and you can message me on there. Um, I also have a link tree. So if you're interested in a Reiki session, um, I'll be doing them here in Pittsburgh. And I also will be working at Inner Light um, and I'll be doing tarot readings there. So Instagram's the best way to reach me. And also if you want to come in for a tarot reading uh, at Inner Light, I'll be there on Tuesdays. And you can find that information as well on my Instagram. Awesome. And we'll put all that in the show notes yeah. too, so everyone can find you. Yeah. Thank you so much for joining us today. It's our pleasure. Yes. Yeah, thank you guys. I'll see you great. later. Don't forget to help your fellow health and fitness junkies support this show by sharing it with all your friends, liking the show, giving it that good old five-star rating. Of course, a follow as well here and on social media. Give us some likes. I don't know where you're listening to us from, but give us an, a like and a subscribe where you're at right there. You can leave some comments too if you feel like it. Also, feel free to reach out with any questions to myself, Trenton Sweet, or Caitlin, my co-host, or whoever was our guest in today's episode, which if you look in the show notes, you should be able to find information regarding contact information for whoever it was that we interviewed and spoke with in this episode today. So additionally, you can support the show by supporting any of our sponsors. We are sponsored by the studio, the books. We're also sponsored by the Old Road Farm, a local regenerative, beautiful farm. The practices, they, they can't be done a better way. And I really urge you to check out that farm. Reach out to Carice Tressel, who is the owner of that farm. She's also a naturopathic doctor. She's super intelligent, super loving. She really gives a fuck about you, about me. About our children and about the land also about the animals so check her out you can find her i believe she was episode number three in the podcast or four she was very early on in the beginning and we're likely to have her on again soon so definitely check her out like i said you can support us by supporting them as well uh, that being said the energy fitness podcast is sponsored by the book sales of awakening the tranquil warrior and rewilding the modern man as well as your participation at energy fitness studio in washington pennsylvania if you would like to be on the show you know somebody else who could be on the show someone really cool that you think it'd be fun to hear us interview let us know thanks again for listening and don't forget to share the show with all your peeps